I'm always appreciative and grateful for that. So if you're going to ask people for help, be specific about what you want help for and show up with something to offer. So this person go, so not because they even need what you're offering, but because so they understand that you're not a taker, but that you're a giver in the world because I will give to givers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. This is the second continuation of Dove Barron's interview. And again, it's out of love, Pursuit. but you know what's best for you, and you want to move on, and you want to grow. Um, how do you find those people, especially when you're starting out? Sometimes it's lonely. I've been there, um, mm. and I totally get that it's lonely. Um, I don't know that it's true, but I know mm. that it feels true at the time. Yeah. Um, I think today you have such an advantage you didn't have when I was 21, and that is you have the internet. That is true. You know, how the hell did you know me? How would you have ever heard of me if there was no internet? No, because you yes. came to me through Anne, and you would never have met Anne if there was not some connection. So there's mm -hmm. always this, you know, that didn't exist when I was 21. When I was 21, you met somebody, and you hoped that you, they could introduce you to somebody else. Now you have a social media platform you can reach out to people you oh this person's really cool I'd like to interview them and you find them on Twitter or on LinkedIn or whatever it is and you do that it's mm -hmm. amazing so the interesting thing about it is and I've always found this that the most successful people I know genuinely successful not just talk about money yeah are incredibly generous they're incredibly generous yes. um, I won't allow anybody to waste my time. But anybody who wants to genuinely put it in action, I'll usually find some time to give them. And I'm, you know, I book guests for my show nine months in advance, just as an example, right? If if you if I'm talking to you today, we are not going to broadcast your show until September of of a year from now. So, you know, I'm way out in advance. But here's what I know: is that all the kind, all the most successful people are extraordinarily generous. But you got to grab the pair of whatever's you know kahunas and and say to yourself okay i'm going to reach out to this person and here's the other thing that people don't realize and i want to say this to people who are around your age because this is important oh, definitely. i think that oftentimes when you're younger i know that i suffered with this you think well these people won't want to talk to me because i'm a kid mm -hmm. right and i remember thinking that all the time but that's so not true Anybody who's a decent leader wants to inspire the generations that come after them. And we, and we will happily serve those people. Because oftentimes people in our own generation are stuck. And we don't really, you know, it's like a waste of time. But a younger generation is saying, you know, I want to make a difference here. And I'm like, I am so fired up about, about, uh, about uh, millennials. I wrote a book about millennials, why I love millennials, and I'm very excited about Gen Z, which are also the global generation, because of what they are capable of. Um, but you've got to have the courage to reach out and say, could you give me 15 minutes of your time? And most highly successful, genuinely successful people will say, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it might, you might be booking a year out, but you'll get on, and that person will give you time. But here's the thing. I want to give everybody this advice. Is that okay with you? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay, so <clears throat> many years ago, somebody reached out to me, and she said, I want to be a speaker. Mm -hmm. And I know you're an international speaker. You're highly successful. You've spoken in all these fabulous places. Would you give me, would you give me 20 minutes to help me? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. We booked her some time. 
Um, and she said, oh, you know, I'm very excited, which was nice. And she said, so what's your advice about speaking? I said, my advice is you should shower before you get on stage. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> she goes, do you have any other advice? I said, yep, wear deodorant. It gets hot on stage. So she said, no, really, could you give me some real advice? I said, that is real advice. I definitely think you should shower. It's not a good idea to smell. And it will get hot on stage. And she says, that's your best advice? I go, no, it's not my best advice. She goes, well, give me your best advice. I said, no. She goes, why? I said, that's not my job. That's your job. She goes, what do you mean? I've given you my time. It's your job to ask me what you need. It's not my job to work out what you need. So approach the people who have value by A, offering some value you can offer them, which is always a good idea because it shows that you're, you're not doing this, you're actually doing this, you're offering rather than begging. But on top of that, be really specific about what it is you know. So the reason I'm doing this interview is because Anne said to me, you know, I know you don't normally do these kinds of interviews, but I think you'd really enjoy this because this person puts a lot of time and energy into researching and asking great deep questions. And I went, okay, this is not surface, not somebody going, oh, could you tell me? This is depth. And I'm always appreciative and grateful for that. So if you're gonna ask people for help, be specific about what you want help for and show up with something to offer. So this person got, so not because they even need what you're offering, but because so they understand that you're not a taker but that you're a giver in the world, because I will give to givers. I will not give to takers. Mm. That usually takes uh, a BS radar. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Because of the internet. And, and I know, like, younger people, we're, we've been getting good at BS radars, but how, how do you cultivate that better? Because I've come across some people where they're definitely takers, but I don't discover that until weeks, months, or years yeah, that, that's a very good point. And mm -hmm. one of the things I love about, I wrote about in Fiercely Loyal was one of the things I love about millennials is they have 100-mile uh, uh, bullshit meters. <laughs> I just love yeah. that, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the difference is that um, I, I find that with the younger generation, oftentimes they'll, they'll read it but not say anything. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, they don't trust themselves enough yet to say something. Um, even if the thing they're saying is bye-bye, right? So that's okay to say. Um, so I think that one of the ways you, you build that muscle inside of yourself is you, I recommend this to everybody that I work with, which is develop your three questions. Mm -hmm. And they go, what do you mean? Find three questions that you will, the, the, the three you start with will not be the three you end with, but work on developing three questions that will show you who this person is, right? Mm -hmm. They're in every interview I do. You know, I, I, I've interviewed thousands and thousands of people. I've had a podcast for 12 years. Uh, I've been on thousands of interviews. I've, had, I've got my own TV show. I've interviewed a lot of people. Yeah. And I, those three questions are always in there. And I know right away. And my wife will say, how was the interview? And I go, they failed the test or, you know, or they passed the test, you know, and if somebody, if somebody passes and most of my people do, cause I pre-interview them, mm -hmm. um, is the people who pass, it's like, I'll be any, I'll do anything I want, anything you can to serve that person. And that's why I pre-interview everybody. Cause I've had people on and I'm like, 
this person's a superstar and they've got a great following and they'd be really good for me and they interview them they can't pass those three question tests you know what i don't think it's a fit and they go really and i go yeah it's just not a fit because i can see that this is about gimme 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 no nah, no <clears throat> you may be a superstar and it might be good for me but you know what my integrity is more important than my ratings that is important that is i respect that a lot I've seen that, like, I love my dad, but there's times where he'll be like, I would never interview that person. Are they a superstar? Yes. But like you said, your integrity is more important. Does it, like, when you started out, did you keep that integrity intact all the way up until now? Of course not. <laughs> Terrible. <clears throat> of course not. I don't not. get that. <laughs> yeah. Of course not. Right. It's a muscle. It has to be worked. Yes. Right? So, you know, I can remember interviewing somebody because they were supposed to be good for me to interview and I interviewed them and I hated, hated, mm -hmm. hated the interview. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed them anyway. And I, to be honest, I didn't release the interview. I didn't release the interview. I, I wouldn't do it. I was like, I can do it and it's good for my numbers and it'd be great for me to do that. But anybody who knows me will smell the bullshit a million miles away because they can see I am a very real person. I and mean, if mm -hmm. the person's not being real with me, it's like, ooh, you know, <laughs> you can see yeah. it boiling up in me. And yeah. it was like, I can't do this. This is not going to work. So there were many occasions where I've, you know, I've, and by the way, every time I have ignored that, it has bit me in the ass every oh, single time. Not once. And my wife will say to me, you know, you're a softie, right? And I go, yeah, I mean, I don't look like one, but I am. And she go, are you sure this is going to work out for you? And so I have a very simple policy that I give with no intention to receive. Mm -hmm. and, and I couldn't do that in my 20s. But as I got older, I got better at it. I give with no intention to receive. If I receive, it's a bonus. It's a benefit. I'm grateful for it. I'm honored mm -hmm. by it. Uh, but I give because I want to give. But that person will show themselves by virtue of that. So if I'm going to give them with no intention to receive, they will reveal themselves anyway. And and um, and I might have given that first time, but I'm not going to be given a second. Mm -hmm. So that's part of my test. So some people go there, you know, they want to test. Uh, well, I'll give you anyway. I'm just going to give you. But then you're going to reveal who you are. Yeah. Once you do that, then we'll find out if there's a, a compelling relationship or a repelling relationship. Is that how you get some of your clients? Is through those interviews and you're like, you're a genuine person? I like, you know, that give and take is apparent? Uh, yes. Um, the clients that I work with, as I think you know, are usually very successful. They're people who've already mm -hmm. quote unquote made it. Uh, mm -hmm. They're entrepreneurs, they are um, athletes entertainers, uh, doctors from the music industry, the film industry, whatever it is, and they're solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and business people, CEOs, etc. Um, and there's a process by which I interview everybody and mm -hmm. I only work with a handful of people a year privately because that's all I can do. I don't have time for more than that. Um, and what I'm looking for is that person to recognize that there's something beyond success so they don't know mm. what it is mm. they go i know there's something more than this and i can say yeah, i'm looking for fulfillment 
or I'm looking for my purpose, but I don't really know. It's nebulous. I can't quite grab a hold of it. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. And then, on, so they've got to have that, plus the desire to serve. So they want to give the world something. They want to leave the world in a better place. And it's and I, I'll tell you something that I, that I find very fascinating about people like you and your age bracket is that, that I always saw that in people who were 50 plus. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never saw it in younger people, but I'm starting to. And that is so exciting for me. Yeah. But I, I'm seeing I think... people who are your age who are going, there's something great within me. And I want to make a difference in the world and I want to create a legacy. I'm like, what? You're 20. Don't you just want to get laid and buy a better car? No, no. <laughs> but I, it's, I think, so, it's wonderful. It's inspiring. Well, that's the amazing thing, especially that's, that's why I do what I do. It's just, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So the, just having everything at your grasp, having ev all this information at your grasp, being able to know who Dub Baron is and meeting Anne Bailey was absolutely amazing. Being able to talk and read these books, listen to these podcasts has been fantastic. And just sharing that information, spreading it around is the key to why young people are doing what they're doing. I've been meeting younger people and younger people saying, I want to accomplish something in my life. I want to leave myself a legacy. I want to do something and to benefit the world. And you know, I don't want to say like there's few kids like that because sometimes they're hard to come by, but like I, I do what I do because I want there to be more of them. That is, that is everything. Um, I, and I love that, Ava. I love that, that you're driven by that. And I love that you, I really genuinely mean Thank this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by the fact that you want to do that at your age. Thank you. Um, because I, you know, like I said, I left the UK at 21. I was definitely a very driven person from being 14 years old. I made that decision. Oh. At 10, I, I walked into the living room and I saw my mom crying. Mm. And I said, why are you crying? And she was wiping away her glasses and, and, and pointing at the TV. And she said, he's dead. And I'm like, who is? And again, I'm a poor kid, poor Jewish kid, poor Jewish white kid living in North, Northern England. And my mom's pointing at the TV and there's a black man on the TV. So he's not my race. Um, and he's speaking with an accent. So I know he's not English. He's not a movie star. He's not a soccer star. I don't know who he is. And I hear him say, I have a dream. Mm. And I went, mm. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm listening mm -hmm. and I listen to what he says. I have a dream that one day, and, just, and I'm spellbound. And I'm also spellbound by the fact that this black man on the other side of the world, in context of me being a kid, yeah. it is ha white, and he's a Christian minister having a, such a massive impact that he's making my mom, a poor Jewish woman in Northern England, cry, was like, wow. Wow, people can have an impact on people. And that was in the days of TV with two or three channels, not like we have today, right? So it was like, wow. So I was driven from that age to make a difference. But at the same time, I still wanted to party and I still wanted to do those things. <laughs> and I still wanted to do a lot of dumb stuff that I did. Um, but that part of me, that, that was the battle. The battle to, and this is the battle that you'll face while you're young and many people face till they die, which is the battle between the fire in your soul and the fire in your ego. 
And the fire in your ego will want you to be liked. It will want you to be loved. It will want people to applaud you and say how wonderful you are. And tell you that your, your ass is nice and your eyes are sparkly and all those things. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. We all want love, attention, affection, and we want to be adored. We want that. We want to be smart. We want to be all those things that will get us praise. And we want to do our 50 selfies for, for Instagram <laughs> and use 18 filters and all that other nonsense. And I get it. I'm, I'm not judging any of it. That's there. But you've got to ask yourself the question, is there a fire in my soul that will outlive this? That one day I'll look back and go, I really don't care about that selfie. I put up pictures of myself that are hysterical. <laughs> they are hysterical. There are pictures of me when I was 23 years old or 25 years old. You know, when my hair was down here and past my chest and my hair is is very was very black and ringlet curls and I have always old big earrings and I wore all kinds of weird and wonderful clothing and I was David Bowie looking and I was all those kinds of things. <laughs> That's the year I grew up in. I'm not ashamed of any of that. I'm good with all that. But I always knew that the fire in my soul was bigger than any of that. But that and that's what you've got to get to. So understand, you are always going to be compelled by two things. You're going to be compelled by your need to fit in. That's tribal. That's part of humans. You need to fit in and get the approval of the group. And then you're going to be compelled by this thing that actually will make you feel, as you said earlier, Amy, lonely. Right? I just called you Amy. I don't know why I called you Amy. I'm sorry. I meant Ava. No it's going to call... It's, it's going to... There's something, a fire in you that's going to call you to something bigger. Yes. And that is, that's a battle yes. that will make you feel lonely because your friends are all going to go, well, we're going to go out, we're going to party, we're going to get high. Okay, great. Do you want to go? Yeah, I do. But is there something bigger that I want? That's a tougher question because nine of them are all going that way and you're going to be on your own. And you're going to go, I'm going to stay home and read Doug Barron's, uh Don't Read This, Your Ego Won't Like It. Oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, there have been times like that. And, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, but, you know, it, it makes a difference over time. Like, I wouldn't change that. Now, now to also young people, you do want to go have fun. And that's completely okay. Absolutely. Especially in moderation. Don't worry. Like, But I do have, like, I do have friends that drink every weekend. Or I have friends that you know, they never stop being high. Um, yep. And that's and that's not where you want to be, but I don't think they have found that something bigger in their life. Will they one day? Maybe. Yeah, but as, as, as we were just saying, Ava, the, the challenge is that there are, I know many people who are 50, 60 years old who haven't found it. And, and mm -hmm. it's not that it, it's, and people say, well, maybe I don't have it. Yeah, you do. You just shoved it down maybe when you were 10 or 14 or 20, or 30, or whatever age it is, and you've shoved it down so far that you've convinced yourself it doesn't exist. But it exists. It's there. I promise you it's there. Every human being has a single red thread of purpose that runs through their life, and it's, it's not gone away. It might be below the surface, but it's always there. And if you don't find it and fulfill it, something will be missing. Not only from you, but from the gifts you bring to the world. Because here's the deal, and I'm going to ask you this as you listen. Mm -hmm. Who will suffer if you continue to play small? 